Open Mic is a podcast brought to you by Bethel Express of America. All right. So here we go, y'all. We're going to just keep this moving. Um, it's been a good 12 weeks. And now this is the 13th one. I'm like, where did the time go? But I'm really glad about it, though. But uh, I'm here um, with the foreignness. Wife of brother ever had, Julia Peace. Say hi. Hi. There you go. Good and to um, back. I haven't said this in a while, but I want to say it now. Not only is he in the building, he's in the booth. Andrew, the hero, small H, went. So he's, he's, that's right. That's right. So he's taking things, you know, to another level for us. But anyway, um, just far away, baby doll. Just give me them questions. So my first question to you is uh, you talked a little bit of, in episode two about going from a concert or event as MC Michael Peace mm-hmm. and then coming home working at a church. Can you speak more to that? Yes. And, you know, it was it's interesting because um, I've heard a whole lot of people say this. I've heard preachers say this and pastors say this about, you know, you, you know, you, you, you your, your real value is, you know, in test of your humility is, you know, will you be on a, on a big screen, on a big stage, and then go back to your church and, and clean toilets? Um, well, I would have done that if that was the need, but um, we would we would go places, be on 700 Club, and, well, that day 30 million people saw us in other parts of the world, for that matter, and we'd come home, and there'd be a, a crisis that I would have to attend to, um, I was the college and career pastor at the earlier part of of uh, my tenure and career in the Christian music industry. And, you know, I'd come home and there would be matters that I would have to tend to. I'm still teaching my, my Wednesday group, you know, my Wednesday college and career class and then Sunday mornings, still teaching that. So um, it was kind of interesting because the people who were under our leadership back in those days, you know, <laughs> I think some of them did not know how to handle me. It's kind of like, I mean, the closer I got to them, the, 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 it was easier for them. But it's kind of like, I go to the Christian bookstore and I buy the music of this guy that's teaching me right now. Like he's one of my favorite artists and he's teaching me the word of God right now. And then there was some that like, you know, well, it's cool that Mike does the music, but, you know, I, I like how he you know, teaches the word of God or uh, I can call him anytime. And he's just, he, he's not a celebrity. He's not a star. Not like I saw myself like that, but other people would say that to me. And so, yeah, so it was, it was very interesting. And I'm glad that even to this very day, and this is at this point, me, well over 30 years ago that I was in the thick of the industry that, uh, that people are, are receptive to me. Um, even today would tell me stories about things that they were thinking back in those days. So, I'm glad about it. So yeah, it's been it, it was good then, and I'm glad that that um they knew that I was just Mike Peace. Right. You know that so reminded me of the stories we used to hear. Uh, like Mylon Lefevre was the same way. Yeah. At Mount Perrin, where he in Atlanta, Atlanta area, where he would go to church and then go out on the road yeah. and tear it up. Yeah. And you then, know, glory to God, and come back and do what was and just needed. Be Mylon, just yeah. Mylon, yeah. I, I, that's I always saw you as so, and and you had an example, so that was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. To know of publicly. Um. So, was there a time that you felt your calling as a pastor and a rap career collided together, or just didn't mesh? Well, there were, there were a couple of times. Um. Well, it and it and it has a maybe a different way of of looking at it. We would um 
we would go places like we'd go to LA, Compton and the Crips, the Bloods, the who else were out that way? The Latin Kings. Um, the, for those of you who don't know, these were the the still to this very day the most prominent gangs in our country. Um, more, more more centrally located in LA, but they're in other parts of the country, no doubt about it. And um, we would be working with them, and uh, there were many times, many times that I would go or we would go from being the guy that you just saw up on stage to like talking to them on you know off stage and just like really speaking to their hearts and seeing you know these young boys, you know like yo, Mister Man, don't make me cry, don't make me cry. And I'm like, yo, I, you know, I, I'll back off, you know. Um, but it's like, you're getting to me, man. Don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. And next thing you knew, they, they would start crying and his homies would come over. And, I, you know, I would start talking to them. And the next thing I know, here I am. I, I thought that, quote unquote, I did my best thing on the stage. And here I am. I'm off the stage. And that's when they give their life to the Lord and taking off their rags. That, those are bandanas, for those of you who don't know. That's And basically, when you take off, they call it taking off your rag. When you take off their rag, that means you you decided to walk away from being in a gang. You know, um, needless to say that, that every little once in a while I would put our lives a little bit of jeopardy that I would not tell Julia to many years later what was going on. But uh, yeah, oh, many times that would ha- that happened. So yes, um, so so to to for the hour for those two to collide that happened quite often because I know in a you know to to a good number of people it was like you know you know who does he think he is not necessarily in a bad way although someone did also think that in a bad way it's like you know he's talking to those guys over there that you know like you know like he's the star he's the he's the celebrity like he should be backstage you know he should be signing autographs why is he over there with those young boys you know but that was what the Lord wanted us to do and we were called to that and I think. You know, and and I'll probably talk about this, you know, in years to come. At the same time, is that you know, God did not call it call me call us to rap. He called us to ministry to reach the lost. He used rap as our bait, you know. And Jesus said He would make us His people uh, fishers of men. And any good fisherman knows you have to have good bait, and you have to have the right bait, and. You know, hip hop was that for us, and that's what we use. But um, we, we, you know, we were like pastors. You know, I remember the time um, when we were when we were in L.A. in, in Hawaiian Gardens. And for those those of you out there, it sounds really nice. It was far from really nice, okay. But we were in Hawaiian Gardens, and um, I, I get I, I did not notice this at the time, but I was just doing what I was doing, and apparently some young men were fooling around, and this was caught on video. And Julia just went over there and just got in their face. These gang members got in their face. You know, you don't remember this, do you? <laughs> I remember in Detroit, but I probably. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, go ahead. With Ruben and them. Yes, that's Ruben, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think that's she, that yeah. holy ghost boldness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had her finger in their face and everything. And those brothers chilled out, and because th- th- we were there for like twelve days, and every day we were ministering yes, we were. all day, literally yes. from sun up to literally sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not exaggeration. Literally from sun up to sundown, and um. And, and we just saw their their lives being impacted, and so I think it was always in us, and we were just walking in and our calling and anointing and our appointment for the time. Right, it was good. And and also we knew that they were going to a good ministry that could help disciple them and mentor yeah. them, and that's what gave us good satisfaction. But what I want to bring up too is you remember the time, um, 
at there's two 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 times. One when you were in uh, East St. Louis, I remember Charisma was doing they yeah, were doing Charisma an article. Magazine, they were yeah. going to do a front page article yeah. on you, cover story the cover on story, him, yeah. Peace in the City, and well, tell us about the guy. I don't remember. You folks can tell this is definitely spontaneous. Charlene, when they were doing it, and the guy with the knife and the woman. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were driving around. Oh, see, we have so many stories, y'all. It's it's hard. We had literally, we have thousands of stories. I'm not even exaggerating. Thousands, not hundreds, thousands. Can we remember um, them all? I I, I won't forget. I I won't forget. (laughs) Well, maybe this is the one you're thinking, because I can think of two. The, we were driving around in East St. Louis. At the time, East St. Louis had the had the worst drug activity in the United States. And here we are in East St. Louis, okay? And um, so we're driving around just looking for places to go, minister, just get out, of, get out of the car and go over. And we're going down the street, and we see this, this, this man and this woman fighting, and there's a knife, like a real, like... Like I'm saying to myself, somebody's going to get stabbed and may, might die, you know. And so we we get out the car and we run over and, you know, try to put an end to the fight and everything. And we find out that the woman was trying to stab the the uh, uh, the other guy. But the woman was messing with his friend, like on a low and, but she was trying to stab him when she should have been trying to stab, or he should have been trying to stab the guy that was messing with his wife. Well, shouldn't really be. Well, but well you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 If you're going to stab somebody, that's the, the person yeah. that's really doing it, not the person that you know. And we got out, and, uh, and I won't forget this. We, we finally we diffused it. We're talking, and um, the gentleman said to me, he said, he says, man, I'm not worried about all this. He says, my gun's under the front seat. He said, I can settle all of this right now. I just go and let them fight and just get it over with. You know, I'll never forget that. And I won't forget this. I'm so glad you remembered that story too. I won't forget this. By the time we were done, I mean, we we spoke life into them. We spoke, we spoke the Lord's word into them. We prayed for them the whole nine. By the time we were done, like, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like this was a hallmark kind of a movie kind of a thing, because it really wasn't. But compared to where it was headed, it turned out pretty good. You know, by the end, by the time we were done, it turned out really, really well. They they didn't go skipping off or anything, but they were hugging and the whole nine. Uh, you know, we we did not see them. We were there. We were there for about four more days after that, but we never went back to that spot. But there was a whole lot of that kind of stuff going on wherever we went. Where yeah. we went from artist to minister. Yeah, because we were doing an active. Uh outreach in Chicago. Yeah. And they their representative came and met us there as they were writing the story. As they were writing the story, uh, yeah. And I think that goes to show, Mike, that when you do ministry or or music, they actually merge together and they yeah. work together because that's how you've always allowed yourself to be used because there's always need for someone to be ministered to. And the second story I wanted to bring up to you and remind you about is when we were at Ichthus and somebody, there's this one kid waiting for you. Waiting and mm-hmm. waiting. A similar situation. Um, and like back then, when when we were doing these um, uh, festivals and concerts, they always said, and I appreciated the fact that con- the security was was good and tight and making sure that we would stay, quote unquote, safe or whatever. I mean, it was nothing like what things are like today, but, you know, that, you know, we would stay safe. But, 
you know, I just caught, I, I, you know, people were standing looking for autographs and stuff, and I had to be behind the barrier, you know, and all that other kind of stuff. I was not ever really into all of that, but I mean, I, I had to be, I had to kind of comply with their rules. But there was this one young boy, and I could tell something wasn't right. I could really tell. And I was like, I said to the security guard, I says, can you let that young man come from around, from around and just come around backstage with me over here? And so he said, he said, sure, sure. I mean, we asked, they, they would just do what we asked. Cause their whole thing was, if I asked you to keep me safe, you would keep me safe. So if I said, would you come over this way? You could come over this way. And so he did, and I was like, yo man, can I highlight you for a minute? Like, you don't, you, you don't look okay. You really don't look okay. And like, everybody's asking me for autographs, but I don't feel like you want to talk to me about an autograph. And he's like, nah, he says, Mr. Peace. He says, I'm really glad that you called me over here because I came here saying I'm going to have a good time at the con at the festival and I'm going to kill myself. I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah. He says, I, I have everything ready. Um, and I'm, I was going to commit suicide. I was going to kill myself. Like, I don't think anybody's thinking about me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's noticing me. He says, and here you are, um, you know, out of all these people, you notice me, you know. And so we talked, and I just kept him backstage with me the whole time. And then I told, even when I was no longer going to be on the stage and I had to go, I told all the artists, my man right here, he let him stay back here. He's good. You know, I got him connected with John. Fowler. You know, John yeah. Fowler. So, John, I know you're hearing this. I know you remember this, right? And we got him connected with a friend of ours who was, who, you know, who was out in that area. Um, and we got him and connected. And we actually met him on tour. Yeah, during yeah, the Wednesday yeah, night youth group. Yeah. yeah, and it's been a lifelong and relationship, literally, friendship. Literally, it's been so. So, John, you just heard us mention you, man. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so we've been pastors even on the road. Um, and we, you know, once again, I've often said you're only as good, you know, if, if you are quote unquote or an artist or whatever the case may be, you're only as good as when you're not on the stage. You know, you're only as good as when the music is not playing because all of that stuff, even if you're quote unquote ministering, you're still performing, you know, and, and you could be at your best. Nobody has to, is asking you questions. Nobody's challenging you or anything like that. And here you are, you know, at a moment where somebody says they're going to kill themselves. You know, somebody says, you know, when I go home, I'm going to kill my wife. I mean, this is, these are real stories. This, and this happened more than once or twice. People say, you know, you better tell me something because, you know, um, my wife has gotten on my last nerve and I'm going to leave for me and kill her. So, you know, we've we've had some great times. So I want to bring it back to as you're going out ministering and art, doing rap and everything. How did the leadership at church feel about you and your career? <laughs> are you ready for this? Everybody out there, Radio Land, are you ready for this? They loved it. They supported me. They were like, Mike, just keep doing what God is doing. I know that doesn't sound normal. I, I'm one of those kind of guys that I had the support of the leadership in our church from my senior pastor, the other pastors on staff, everybody who were ministry heads. They were like, Mike, just do what God has called you to do. We're excited for you, you know? And so I know a lot of artists, they would, would say things like, man, my pastor doesn't even know me, doesn't know what I do, whatever. My senior pastor, Pastor Ron A. Domina, knew what I was doing, knew what we were doing, knew updates. how we were doing also, what we were involved in, all of those things. And, you know, I, I always had somebody to 
to, to teach my college career class on Wednesday nights and my college career Sunday school class on Sunday mornings when we really were not going to be back in town in time, you know. So, but they were very supportive, and I and I know it. I I felt bad for the artists who did not have the same kind of story that 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 you know that I had, but I'm really glad for what I did have back in those days. It was really really good. Really, really good. It worked in my favor. I'll put it that way. I think they knew your heart, too, and knew that it wasn't about being a personality or a big-time yeah. artist. It was about the ministry, and you concentrate on Bethel itself and what needed to be done in ministry there, as well as then when you went on the road. Yeah, yeah. And I covered all of my tracks to make sure, you know. So we never really missed a step. It was good. Now, was, was there a decision or moment where you decided to let go of the artist? quote, artist career and just focus on ministry? I, In addition to the fact that I knew that day would would someday come, that's the first part. But the second part was um, even at the apex of what we were doing, I came to terms with the fact that I, I'm not always going to be doing this. I don't, I definitely don't always want to do this. But the bigger part of that was I said to the Lord at the apex of what we were doing, I said, Lord, when, when JD, our son, you know, starts kindergarten, if you take me out of the industry and take me off the road, because I don't want to be a ghost dad, you know? And I mean, all those years until, until he started kindergarten, JD traveled with us, you know, and I did not want to be a ghost dad. I didn't want to be one of those kids, you know, who had to say, well, my dad is doing this and my dad is that. And, you know, I I don't see him as much and all that other kind of stuff. That was not going to be the case with me. It was like I'm 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 coming off the road. I'm out of the industry, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do in total. And I had no idea what that looked like or what I even meant by that. As much as I just meant that I just really did not want to be on the road anymore and in the industry. And the Lord, you know, settled me up. You know, at Bethel back then it was called back then it was called Bethel for Gospel Church. It is now called Bethel Christian Fellowship. And our Pastor Ryan asked me to come on staff. Um, full time with with pay because back in those days when I was traveling I wasn't getting paid you know um, but uh, but God was faithful of course we did what we, what we did by faith you know we got hooked up you know a few times because we were in the industry you know um, not as well as we could have because the Lord told us to not charge to do any of this stuff so we didn't and people made sure that they did not pay us if they didn't have to pay us whether it would have been the right thing to do or not. But I digress, everybody out there in podcast land. <laughs> you know, but I'm glad that the Lord had called us to do what we were doing. So those things did not matter to us that mm-hmm. that, that would, would have normally proposed, proposed itself as a challenge to us. And even now, you're still being a part of Kingdom Bound. You're still part of the industry. Yeah. It's a good part of your heart, but it's a good chance to, to see what's happening uh, within the the field and mm-hmm. art, artistry of people, and and even if you have to set them straight a few times. Oh yeah, no, wait, well. that's my job when I'm there <laughs> working at the front desk. Well, we really would like to say thank you for listening to our podcast, Open Mic. Make sure you subscribe, follow, or whatever you need to do to stay current on this podcast. And the next week, we will talk about what it means to be called pastor everywhere you go. So until then, God bless you. Be well and stay safe. Thank you.